Greetings. How are you? How's things? Okay, we survived. Let, let us first both complain. Like, okay. fucking supermoon. It was supposed to be some ridiculous, like, flower moon. Super blood moon. Flower blood moon or something. It was something supposed to be spectacular. And guess and what it, it did here? Mm-hmm. Yep. So now I'm like scrolling Facebook and every once in a while I'll see like these epic fucking pictures and I'm like, uh, yeah. well, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got uh, clouds, rain, yeah. thunder, yep. lightning. Wasn't meant to be. And then fun fact, but- guys, Sabrina loves thunderstorms. So she was super distraught that there was a thunderstorm, which is. This rare. is like the only time <laughs> in my life I've ever been so pissed off over a little thunderstorm. Usually I'm like, that's it. We just get some rain. We don't even get the thunder and lightning. Last night we had thunder and lightning. It was epic, but. No blood moon. Super no blood. blood moon. Super, super duper moon moon. That's right. I did step outside in between the breaks because it stormed at like uh, nine o'clock our time here. And then it kind of stopped between like 10 and midnight. And so I did go outside for a little bit and just kind of soaked up the cloud and the you could smell the rain. And so I did soak up some of the moon energy, but I didn't get to see it. Okay, I just quick, saw clouds. Quick request. Can you move your laptop? Because, like, I'm talking to a floating head. And I don't know how I feel about this. Thank you. Okay. No longer I have a floating a head. <laughs> I have a body. <laughs> body <clears throat> is present. Okay. Body is present. Although, it, I'm pretty sure my brain sort short-circuited today. Okay. With, um, work. And I probably should turn my phone on airplane mode. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it it didn't stop. It didn't stop. I, about ten o'clock this morning, I, I refused to start stop hitting the like I refused to hit the refresh button because every time you I refreshed, there was like twelve more requests, and I was just like Jesus. <sighs> I was even excited about taking my lunch and I don't like to take my lunch. I took my lunch today and I closed my door to my office Mm -hmm. and I did not come back into the room for 30 minutes. I I had to get out of the room for 30 minutes. You had lunch elsewhere. Yes. Like I actually went to my living room and had lunch and I went outside and I actually, I did dishes and did not come back into my room. I came back in and my computer had gone to sleep. Usually I'm sitting there, you know, and I can, and I I just, I came back to a disaster and I knew that that was going to happen, but I was mentally prepared for it because I actually took my lunch. (laughs) It got away. So she had a goose bravo moment. I did. I had to, I had to, but I think I did pretty good because by four 55, I had almost everything done. That's pretty good. So there were only two requests that I left for tomorrow, but they weren't really that important. So that's pretty good. <sighs> yeah. Other than that, how was your weekend? I guess. Um. Good. We we uh, if we finally got the leaves and the 
the tree pollen raked into two different piles in our front yard. Yeah. Backyard had been done for a while, but we just, every time we went out to the front yard, man, we would just get attacked by mosquitoes and the noceums and just eaten alive like five minutes into it. And you're just like, the hell? So we uh, put on our PPE, a.k.a. long pants, boots, long sleeve shirts, yep. <laughs> goggles, and we just got it done. Nice. Uh, so that was that's good. It looks pretty good now. It needs to get mowed now that all the leaves are up and everything's kind of settled. So once that's done, our front yard will be done. We bought Leo a uh, splash pad. I sent you pictures of that. You did. He looked like he was having the best time of his life. He, it's so interesting because at first he was very timid. Like yeah. he, he wasn't really sure what was going on, but you turn the hose on and he's just all for it. Just so excited. And so once we turn the little sprayers off, yeah, there's like just a little, little bit of standing water. water in the bottom. And he played in that for probably 30 minutes, just like pawing it. And sticking his nose in it and blowing bubble. I the funniest thing, and of course I didn't have my phone because I left it. Yeah. But he just had the greatest time. So we're thinking we're probably gonna get him one of those like cheap plastic like blue pools you buy at yeah. Walmart, you know, since it's kind of durable and he can paw at that all he wants to. Yeah. So, but he had a he had a lot of fun, wow. and I think Eric probably had more fun than the dog. I'm not really sure, but it's a win win for me. So yeah. They can both go out there and play all the around. <laughs> um, what else? We really had a relaxing weekend. We had a little game night with the guys on the Xbox. We all played poker. Okay. I won. It was great. That's good. Mm. Um, yeah, how about your weekend? We just did chores, so I did laundry, clean kitchen. I've never unloaded and reloaded the dishwasher so many times in my life. But when you go away for a week and your husband just noped out of doing chores and then you get home and you nope out of doing chores for another week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were straight they up living up. like slums. Yes, mm-hmm. like straight up slummy bums. And so We have yeah. all been there. Yeah, We've every once in a while there. it just happens, you know? It happens. So, finally got that all cleaned up. What else? Play video games. Yep. Oh, I got my tree form. What tree form? Uh, my ESO, my little polymorph tree form. Like I'm you really turn excited. things into trees or you no, turn into a tree? You turn into a tree that walks. Okay. It's like root, but red. Do you heal? Yeah, I can heal. It's and- just a polymorph. It just turns your body into a tree. And I got like little red flames coming out of my head. It's so cool. So you're a tree on fire. Yeah. It's epic. I'll show it to you after. Okay. It's way cool. <laughs> I'm sure I could Google it, but. I have, uh, I have been like, we have, uh, you know, you do your dailies and you get daily rewards and everything. So for ESO, you have what are called endeavors. Mm-hmm. You have your weekly endeavors and you have your daily endeavors. And so you can only do like three endeavors a day and then one of the weekly endeavors. And you only get like probably on average 30 of these little endeavor coins. And this was like 7,200 endeavor coins and it took forever because I don't get on daily and play like I should. But 
I finally got it today, and I'm so excited. Well, I'm so glad. Congratulations. That's a lot of coins. Yes. You would have been fucking doing daily quests for the last five years. Fuck. It takes a while. The weekly gives you, like, 250. But still. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it changes too. Like I say, on average, because the lowest you can get is thirty a day. I think the highest would be like forty five to fifty, oh, depending okay. on what's going on. So gotcha. it changes from day to day. But, but still, that's like months worth of. Yeah, I was working hard. Yeah, you were doing good. And that's the only thing that I want on the little endeavor shop, a except flaming tree. Maybe the horse, because the horse is kind of like a stick horse, and it matches the polymorph. So maybe I'll save up for that one next. How much is the horse? Like nine thousand. That's not too bad. But I just spent all my endeavors, yeah, so okay. gotta start saving up, <laughs> saving up again for him. The only the only places we can save in in life, guys, is our video games. Yeah. Yes. Just ask my bank account. Mm-hmm. We just bought a uh, this lifelike lab for Leo to see how he would do with another dog and it'll be here Wednesday and we spent like $45 on it a life like where the fuck did you buy this Amazon what? want to see it it's uh we're we're actually pretty excited because we know exactly what he's gonna do with it like there's no question he's going to hump the crap yeah, out of it because that's what he does <laughs> but now he actually has a dog to hump and not destroy any more of my pillows yes so wow yeah it was on sale it's usually like 70 dollars i was like who would pay 70 dollars for this and Uh, yeah it's like two feet tall (laughs) that's ridiculous i know hey if it works you have to let me know you have to like oh i'm gonna probably take a video of it because oh, I'm pretty sure that's going to be exciting. Some exciting shit. <sighs> okay. Oh, how are your plants doing? Our plants are doing great. Uh, the tomatoes are thriving like a motherfucker. Aww. I mean, just... they're When they start producing, like... It's... We're going to have so many tomatoes. Yep. We're not... And we only have, like, five plants. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. We have some and kind of fungus on our tomatoes, but they're still making tomatoes, so. Like, we've just been spraying it once a week, but the tomatoes are still growing. And it keeps growing itself like new branches, so it's not like it's going to be leafless. Yeah. But, yeah, I we can't figure <laughs> out what's causing it. We spray it, it starts to get better, then the fucking rain comes, and it comes back. Hmm. And it's all of our tomato plants, even the brand new ones I just planted. They now have the fungus. Weird. Yeah. I don't think the the little baby ones I just planted are going to make it, though. Oh, no. Yeah. So, oh, well. Okay, you're back. Wait, no, I never went anywhere. Uh, How's your catnip? It's good. Well, we got a little baby sprouts because I'm filling in the holes. (laughs) And they're sprouting like crazy, so we've got the baby sprouts going. And how soon are you going to give this to Rue? I mean, I can't believe he hasn't found it yet. It's just sitting in the windowsill, so. Maybe you have to, like, point it out to him. 
Yeah, I pray, I'm going to wait till the sprouts get a little sturdier mm-hmm. before Ruby tries to. Anyway. Yeah, but like, let them mature a little. <laughs> God. Pretty exciting. Well, exciting stuff. I'm glad. Other than that, adult life has been boring. Oh, uh, G said that him and his wife, or his wife, one of the two, had the same reaction to your last week's podcast topic as you did. Oh. Yes. So, and it didn't help because they have, like, their newborn with them, right? Oh, no. Yeah, and so. Sorry, G. Yeah. <laughs> Just make sure he's got all his piggies. Yep. All the little toes. But, uh, yeah, that that was as elaborate as he got on that topic, so. Got it. Yep. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> we don't need to discuss. I gotcha. Yep. 10-4. So, We're all. I gotcha. Good yeah, that, that was. Uh, and I hate to say it, but I do know that my first mini story is extremely disturbing. Uh, and that's going to be the hint that I'm going to give you. I read that and I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to read this out loud for a, like read it out loud for the first time, but read it again for a second time. Yeah. (sighs) But yeah. Yeah. It's a good times. Okay, give me one second. I just got to make sure something. Because I feel like either Uh we've done this, done this, I've done this topic, or you did this topic. Like, it feels strangely familiar. But I just want to make sure, (laughs) make sure we haven't done it yet. Okay, well, while you're looking at that, I will tell our listeners that I have updated the website, finally. Uh, Episode, there are like, episode 49 to 47 to 50, I think. I lost all the links because I lost my Facebook and it was a long, long time ago. Oh, no. So I put that disclaimer on the website, but all the other topics and links and pictures are posted and our merch page is always there for your convenience. Go buy merch. Go merch Redbubble. Go get your coffee mug. Friends don't have friends. Or yeah. just, you know, the coffee chaos shadow one. Yeah, that one too works. Yeah. I suppose. But friends don't have friends. That one looks pretty good. Mm. Um, I like them well we haven't done it before so I must have listened to a podcast about it or it's just one of those that like you've heard once and it just sticks in your brain yeah but we're going back to the state that I can't pronounce Massachusetts that one Mm -hmm. (laughs) nailed it All right, so we're going to Fall River, Massachusetts. Nice. Yeah, I got to say it slow and it comes out okay. Um, what 
was a axe murder house is now a bed and breakfast. Um, so the person that bought it, I don't know when, turned it into a bed and breakfast. I don't know if she did it, you know, to get attention and visitors yes. or if she yes. just like clearly didn't know that the house was like an axe murder house. But isn't doesn't that have to be disclosed if you buy a house? I thought so, but I don't it's Massachusetts Massa Massa. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Massachusetts sits. Anyways, um so we're gonna go to the Lizzie Borden house. Yep. We did do this one. Did we have we done this one? See? I just scrolled through all of our episodes. Okay, maybe we have it. But there are several. Like axe I've done an axe. Houses. I did the the vivid the vivid one. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, don't worry. I think that's where my brain was at, like too, because I was like, "Fuck axe murders." Fuck, have we done this one? But okay, so Lizzie. Borden but you has- are right. You're absolutely correct. This is something that people have. It's very famous. Yeah, and there are lots of things on it. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's there, see what you got. There are lots of things on it. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah. She was actually like tried and accused of murdering her stepmother and her father, and they couldn't find enough evidence, so she ended up getting off after a few days in jail. So. I actually pulled up the dead files at lunch today in between two appointments, and I watched the dead files. It's interesting, but the woman, like, she gets on my fucking nerves. <laughs> She's that right up there me. with the Zach Bagel Bites, okay? Like, overly dramatic, and it's possible that that's just, like, really how she is when she's commuting and feeling the weirdness and stuff, but it's... Like, I'm skeptical, too, because, like, sometimes it just looks like shit staged. That's very possible. Yeah, and so I'm just like... And it also could be how they cut, because you yeah, know yeah. that they cut, like, sections yeah. and move them around, so... So I'm just like, yeah. fuck, man. So, but it, some of the stuff she found was cool, and, like, I think the cool thing about the Dead Files is... It's probably, like, for this story, like, she's heard of it, but she hasn't heard of it. Yeah. So when she went in and did her own little thing, it was it was pretty cool. Um, so we'll start at the at the beginning, okay? And then I'll, it's always a good place to start. I'll give the little tidbits of what like the dead files people found, which I found was really interesting. But the owner and the night manager of the like bed and breakfast. You could tell that they were super skeptical and didn't want to, like, believe anything that they were being told. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, let's start in the early life. Oh. So. That's that. (laughs) Transition music. Uh, Lizzie Borden was born July 19th in 1860 in Fall River. So, like most Americans, she never left her hometown. Um, to Sarah Borden and Andrew Jackson Borden. I'm going to say he was named after a president, but could be speculating. Okay. Um, her mother didn't live very long. She only lived to 40. She oh. died, but it doesn't say what she died of. Okay. And her father 
lived until he was in his 70s, which is pretty old for that Back time. then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, her father grew up modestly, and while he was growing up, he struggled financially. Um, after a little bit of time, and I guess he was very influential in the town in Fall Rivers, he somehow prospered in manuf- manufacturing furniture and caskets. Okay. Okay, yep. Furniture and caskets. Cool. Uh, Got it. Wide range of wooden products here for you folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then after a little while, he became a property developer. Uh, A few years of doing that, he then started, like, he he grew up in the ranks. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of the word that I want to say, but. um, And then he ended up owning several textile mills and a lot of commercial property. Um, he was very deep into some of the banks and the trust companies there as well. Uh, where they lived in Fall Rivers, Fall River, uh, was kind of like in the industrial area. Mm-hmm. So even though like his estate valued at $300,000, which they say here is equivalent to $9 million in 2021, so, like, okay. his estate is worth that much, even in yeah. the, like, industrial area. Uh, he was very frugal, and, like, he was so fucking penny-pitching that he never had indoor plumbing installed in his house. Wow. Like, what in the actual fuck? Sticking to the roots. Late 1800s. Yeah, go to the outhouse. Yeah. Go to the outhouse. Ew. Like, what the hell? Okay, anyway. So, it was kind of weird to the residents... Like, any of the people that he knew that he was so frugal he didn't want to invest in that when wealthy people, like, that was something wealthy people had. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, so, Lizzie only had one sister, Emma. And they grew up in a very religious, like, household. Like, they were mm-hmm. parts of very, like, several groups they were also members of the ladies' fruit and flower mission, and I don't know if that's like a, you know, the birds and the bees type thing, or if that was like legitimately fruit and flowers. Couldn't find anything on it, but found that interesting. Okay. Um, I was thinking more like Meals on Wheels, kind of what it sounds like. Maybe, but I don't know, like in the 18, late 1800s, uh, yeah, early sure. 1900s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, another sad fact, though, is Lizzie was only three when her mother died. Oh, that's yeah. sad. Yeah, so. Keep that, keep that in mind. Um, Emma was the older sister, so that's a thing as well. And then, so when Lizzie was six, Andrew, who her father, remarried a lady called Abby Gray. Uh, Lizzie and Emma did not get along at all with Abby because they believed that she only married their father for his wealth. Mm. Gold digger. So she refused to call her mom or mother or any term of endearment. She always referred to her as Mrs. Borden. Mm. So there was a lot of tension in the family between the four of them. And it was interesting because in the dead files, when she was going through the different rooms, every room had yelling, fighting, and a man beating the shit out of a woman. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, he was a very grumpy man. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just going to point out Lizzie Borden's the baby and got away with murder. Yeah. Pretty much. I didn't know that she was the baby, but yeah. the baby always gets away with everything. She so. was the youngest. <laughs> Bam. It's um, not just our time. So Maggie or her real name is Bridget Sullivan. She was the maid and she had been with the family for 25 years. She migrated from the, or she migrated to the U S from Ireland. And during the trials, Maggie testified that Lizzie and Emma rarely even ate with the parents. Oh, wow. Like they had, they wanted nothing to do with Abby. And this is a cool little tidbit that I found on this page that I wasn't able to find on a few others is, so Lizzie had built a roost for pigeons that were living on their property, like, because she really had a thing for these birds, and she was feeding them and taking care of them, so she bought a roost. Well, one day, Andrew went out and just killed all the pigeons. (gasps) And so, from that point forward, like, Lizzie was super upset and, like, had nothing to fucking do with her father for a while. There was so much arguing going on that in July of 1892, both of the sisters took an extended vacation in New Bedford. Um, after a little while, they it said a week before the murder, uh, Lizzie chose to stay in a like a local rooming house, so like a little local hotel type thing, before returning to the family. So this is where it gets spicy. Oh, so right. Andrew started like. I guess, wheeling in a way all of his properties to Abby's family and Abby, which pissed the sisters off because they weren't included in any of the state, like the real estate properties. They weren't offered any like land. They weren't, you know, put on the trust fund. Like it was all going to Abby and her family. Even the step, the stepmother, the stepmother's sister, so, like, their Ooh. step-aunt received a house. Mm-hmm. Like, Andrew gave her a house. And the daughters got nothing. So, they started arguing and demanded that they at least got the house that their mother died in, which is the one that they're in. Mm-hmm. So, not only did the man not give it to them for free, he made them pay for it. What? Yes. <laughs> Made them pay for it. And then they were just like, you know what? Fuck you, dad. And they made him buy it back for $5,000. Okay. And the man's so, like, fucking, I guess, selfish that he was like, yeah, I'll take it back. So they got money that they split. And then the night before the murder, John, who was Sarah, so the mother's brother, he came and visited for a few days and had discussions with Andrew over financial stuff. It doesn't say what type of financial stuff, but it said that they did go to, like, one of the lounge rooms and had a private conversation, but it ended up turning into a very heated argument very quickly. Then it says that he went to go visit a niece and buy a, to buy a few oxen and just to say hi and that he was supposed to return. That is the end of that story. Like, it never says that he returned. It doesn't say if he actually got the oxen. I was like, where did this man go? He just... <laughs> fucking noped out you know so i was like oh okay well that's interesting and then of course as tensions grew and the father became like in a weird way influential he also gained a lot of enemies in the dead files the cop guy found that andrew had put extra locks and stuff on the doors and windows because they had so many attempted robberies 
And so Andrew was super paranoid that, you know, somebody was out to get him. Mm -hmm. And then for like a few days before the murder, the whole household fell ill. A family friend and the maid figured it was like just spoiled food, like bad food. But Abby was like dead set on food poison, or like poisoning, not just food, food poisoning, but like yeah. somebody tried to poison them. So there you go. All the tension, all the anger. Dad's a fucking cheap ass. Like no indoor plumbing. Mm -hmm. I'd be pretty mad about that as well. <laughs> Make me walk outside and take a shit. It's cold. Um, okay, so murder time. Bum, bum, bum. So John, of course, arrived to have the discussion. The next morning, the two, like Andrew and, and John, had their little conversation. And while they were doing that, Abby went upstairs to like tidy up the guest room, which was normally Emma's or Lizzie's job. But I guess she was just like, screw it, I'll just do it, you know. Let the mm -hmm. girls talk to their freaking uncle or whatever and call it a day. So John left to buy the oxen. Andrew left shortly after that to do some morning walk. I guess he got a morning walk in at 9 o'clock okay. every morning. Whatever works. Good for him. Yes. Sometime between the time that Andrew left at 9 to 10.30, Abby was murdered. The first strike of this blunt force object, a.k.a. the axe, hit her in the side of the head and it cut just above her ear but it was enough force that it caused her to fall face down on the floor okay and she like busted her face really good so her nose was fucking broken her forehead was all fucked up mm -hmm. and then the killer aka probably lizzie then proceeded to deliver 17 more direct blows to the back of her head Whew. yeah that is a lot of blows Yes. That's a lot of anger. It is a lot of anger. But what's interesting is in one of the, like, children's rhymes, you know, like Ring Around the Rosie, they have one for this Lizzie Borden thing. And it says she was actually struck 40 times. And, uh, like, a lot of the forensic evidence says that she was struck at least 40 times, but it only talks about the few that were to the back of her head. So I don't know if the murderer... Just went fucking nuts after that and started like chopping her in other places, but like it doesn't look like it. And the photograph that they took is very eighteen ninety two ish, so mm -hmm. it's kind of dark and black and white. You can't really see much. But anyway, so Abby's now dead, laying in the guest room. Nobody knows that she's dead. I don't know how the maid didn't fucking hear anything. Maybe she was just so old she couldn't hear. Who knows? Where the sister is, don't know. Anyway, so Andrew started, like, he returned around 10.30 a.m. His key failed to open the door, so he knocked. Uh, the maid went to unlock the door and found out that it was jammed, like it was not unlocking at all, and she started cursing. Like, because she oh. couldn't get the door open, and now Mr... Mr. Borden stuck outside. She stated that in the trials that she could hear Lizzie laughing like a maniac at the top of the stairs, but she didn't realize that Abby had, was already what dead. Had happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just hear like this. Ha, 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 ha. I think it was probably more crazy than that. Like, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, like Joker laughing. Ooh. Or like, you know, like people just go crazy and just start laughing. 
Like that saw laugh. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Anyways. Hold on, I lost my spot. No, lost my spot. All right, so... Andrew, no, yeah, Andrew gets home. Um, He asked where Abby was, and Lizzie told him that a messenger had come to tell Abby that a sick friend requested a visit. Well, how did he get in if the door was locked? They finally were able to unjam it, I guess. It doesn't say. It just says, like, he came in and asked where Abby was. Lizzie told him she went to go visit the sick friend, and he said okay. Like, didn't go upstairs or anything. She... She then told police that she helped her father sit down on the couch, get all comfortable, helped him take off his boots, got him his slippers, and he laid down for a nap. But in the forensic photos, he still had his boots on, so there's already a hole in the story. Mm-hmm. She then informed the maid that the department store had a cell and offered and offered her permission to attend. Uh, The maid said that she didn't feel well, though, so she went upstairs to her bedroom, which was on the third floor. It's a very cold house. Yeah. So I guess going up the stairs to take her nap, she didn't notice that either the guest room door was closed or she just couldn't see Mm -hmm. that area. Yeah. By 11 o'clock in the morning, Sullivan said that she heard heard Lizzie call her from downstairs and yelled, you know, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Someone's come in and killed him. But she wasn't crying. She wasn't acting super surprised. She was just like, he's dead on the couch. So Maggie got downstairs. Andrew was now slumped on the couch, bleeding like a madman out of his head. And he was struck at least 10 or 11 times with a hatchet. During the autopsy, one of his eyes had been split in two, suggesting that he had been asleep when attacked. I don't know how that yeah. suggests he was asleep when he was attacked, but I split in two. So, yeah, that's the murders. Murder. Okay, I have a question. Yes. Before we continue. Do you, so, clearly they were both killed with a hatchet. Yes. Now, think about this. Yes. Hatchet goes yeah. into the brain. Yeah. It gets stuck. Just like it would if it goes into wood. It gets stuck sometimes. Yeah. You gotta yank it out. Yeah. Think that happened? <sighs> Probably. Well, I think after the first few blows, you've already got a pretty yeah. good open. Yeah. Yeah. How did she not have blood all over her? But she didn't. Oh, she did do it to the back of freaking Abby's head. But her father, she blunt force trauma to the front of his face. Yeah. Uh, she did. Um. So, like, I was reading one of the articles that I found, and it said that. A lot of the locals were super pissed off because it was almost as if the police didn't really do a thorough search. Uh, nobody noticed the blood on her clothing or asked if she had, you know, like to see her room or anything. And anytime they were trying to go to like search her room, she would claim that she had a headache or she wasn't feeling well and that she needed to lay down. So, like, they were never able to get into her room. And then one day, they finally did come. The police came back to the house, and 
Lizzie was sitting in front of the fireplace with shredded up dress, burning it. Mm. Yes. And when asked what was going on, she made some excuse. I can't remember what it was, but like made some excuse as to why it was being burned. But, it, you know, it wasn't because murdered. No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> During the investigation of the house, though, they did find two hatchets and two axes. And one of the hatchets had a broken handle. Both the hatchets were suspect of being murder weapons, but all four of them were covered in ash and, like, dirt to make it look as if they hadn't been used in a while. Smart. Yeah. So, clearly she had cleaned them up and then she put them downstairs and tried to cover them in ash and dirt, but it was too fresh. Um, and so they knew, like, these had been disturbed, but it had been made to look like they weren't. During the autopsies as well, both the parents were tested for poisoning, but all of the stuff came back normal. Like, there was no signs of poisoning or anything. Though, like, residents did suspect that Lizzie had gotten a hold of some sort of acid that is detrimental to humans, but it was never proven. Okay. Yes. So, long story short, she was, you know, originally arrested for the murder of both the people, but they were unable to, like, fucking tie it to her death. You know, forensics back then weren't the greatest, and she kept denying it, even though her story changed every time she went up to testify. The times always changed. How she left them always changed. Like, so, clearly this girl's guilty. Clearly. But never proven. So, in the dead files, though, is... There's one room that she went into, and I want to say it was Lizzie's room, and she got, like, the a really bad vibe, and she just kept saying that there was a lot of painful and forced sex. Oh, no. And it was definitely the father that was doing oh. it to these girls. And it's possible that he was doing the same thing to his wife. But she couldn't pinpoint the female that was being... Forced. Forced. Um, okay. And then she went into one of the other rooms. And she got, like, this weird vibe. And she, <laughs> she almost looked, like, ultra disturbed. Because evidently the two sisters things sexually oh. oh and um a psychologist said that it is possible that since the girls were abused by the father and possibly the stepmother that them two doing these sexual acts was the only way they could like feel love and like affection okay and if he was like not letting them leave the house or have friends or that kind of stuff then, like, controlling, okay, psychologically, it made sense to you know, the, the psychologist mm-hmm. is like, this usually happens when certain mm-hmm. scenarios are present, yeah. Um, and then it said that they're almost like a hundred percent confident that Lizzie was the murderer, and the reason they believe that is because usually, if you're a rape victim, you're not gonna lash out straight away. You're going to, like, fucking simmer in that shit until you get angry and, like, vengeful. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, the the way she attacked both of them, like, she destroyed their faces. Yeah. And that was her way of, like, getting rid of the fact that they had seen her in that light and seen her, like. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that was another part of, like, one of the psychology reports that was written. Well, the episode came out in 2012. So at the time, they said 15 years ago. Okay, so in the 90s. And then uh, the cop guy took it to another, like, a different psychologist and said, is this, is like, is this normal if somebody is raped, especially by family members? Is this a normal reaction you would expect if they were to, you know, go crazy and cause murder? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then, oh, crazy girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy girl. Um, Fuck, I lost my thought. It was so good. She said that there is, it's not just um, Mr. Borden's presence that's in that house. There's another tall, like, terrifyingly black entity that is just hanging around in the house Ooh. she believes that it's this entity and then uh lizzie when she finally snapped right and did the murders that mm-hmm. that part of her energy got left behind <clears throat> because that was like her releasing it mm-hmm. and so okay she believes that that is part of like the negative energy flowing in the house Oh, okay. She also found a Ouija board under the couch. Come to find oh, out. Oh, no. <laughs> come to find out. She does not like Ouija board. <laughs> no. Come to find out. It's the night managers. <gasps> and he would bring it out during night tours for some of the guests. See, that pisses her off. And she told him, like, she told both of them, like, you need to get rid of it. None of the spirits in this house like it. They're tired of being fucking summoned. Like, it needs to go because you're just going to make it worse for yourselves and everybody's staying here. And the fucking owner rolled her eyes. And I was like, are you dumb? What? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't fuck with Ouija boards, people. You don't do it. Rolled her eyes. And it was like one of those, like, old school wooden ones, too. So, (gasps) yeah. (laughs) So, they found that under the couch. And I found that kind of interesting. Like, because she was just, like, standing there. She goes, move the couch. I got to move the couch. Like, we could, we've we got to move the couch now. And he's the cameraman, the, the guy that's always with her. He's like, mm-hmm. what? Why? I'm like, I can't move this thing. It's heavy. So they're, like, struggling to move the couch. Boom. Right underneath. Oh. And Man, she's like, that's, crazy. that's bad. That's bad. Get it out. Like, it needs to go. That thing needs to go. And then uh, one last little piece is even though Emma, the older sister, was never like charged with any of the murder or anything like she was wasn't even considered a part of it yeah. um now as people go back and review the history and like the trial and all that they actually believe that Emma helped Lizzie plan it but Lizzie was the one that suffered the most abuse mm. so was the one willing to go through with the murder of mm-hmm. because Emma since Abby died and then their father was pronounced dead, all of the inheritance went to Emma. Oh. So all the properties, all the money, everything. So she took that money, bailed her sister out, like paid for her, her attorneys and, you know, $25,000, well, yeah. I think is what it was. 
for her attorneys and like just to pay for her jail time or get her out or whatever. And then when Lizzie was set free, Emma split the money and the properties with her sister, even oh, though wow. they continued to live in the same house together forever. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting. So that makes people of today believe that they were both behind the murders. But again, they still can't prove it, especially now because yeah. all that evidence is going to be destroyed. Yeah. But it's really cool. Like she does one sketch artist like blow my fucking mind. Yeah. Because sometimes people get very vague descriptions of like features and they still yeah. manage to like. Puh. So at one point in her tour, she heard two female voices talking in the kitchen. She believes it was the two sisters. And so she had the sketch artist draw out the picture, and it was fucking Lizzie in her 60s. Wow. Like, what in the hell? Like, why is her ghosty body in her 60s hanging out at this house? Because her and her sister ended up moving to, like, a different property in Fall River. But old Deb Files girl thinks that, like, once she passed her spirit and energy, went back to the house because that's where the most of her life trauma and stuff like mm-hmm. happened so uh people that do visit and stay the night there do say that sometimes they feel like they're being suffocated especially in the room where abby was murdered uh the owner said that there was one day she was making the bed in the guest room and suddenly she felt like she got smacked in the side of the head fell to the floor and just started crying oh like in the same exact spot so that's kind of weird yeah. and then uh the night manager often sees the, like, big, tall, scary, dark thing, like, wandering around the room that he's in. So that's Right, because he's got that damn Ouija board. Yeah, fucking Ouija board. Bastard, get rid of it. (laughs) Burn it like something. If you don't, it'll keep coming back. It's like Jumanji. Jumanji. Like, you got to beat the game before it goes away. But anyway, yeah. that's the Lizzie Borden house, and it is haunted still to this day. Um, I highly doubt they got rid of the Ouija, Ouija board, the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's mind blowing. The whole thing is mind blowing. It is. It's almost right up there with that, like Fiskilla axe murder house. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I did. Yeah, yeah. So it's right up there. Like axes, passionate form of murder, man. I'm telling you, and it's got to be personal too, because you got to get up close and personal, right? To whack somebody with an axe. So yeah. But yeah, so acquitted, never actually charged, like only 20 something days, I think. But everything she did was sketchy as fuck, like. Yeah. She snapped. There's a whole show on it on uh, (laughs) a whole show about that shit. There is. (laughs) There are several episodes, so it's not the. Yeah. The first or the last time that that will happen. No, and I'm sure it'll uh, continue. But yeah, like, whew, passionate forms of murder. Whew, whew, whew. The story okay. goes on and on. Uh, but yes, like it goes all into the details of the trial, and uh, that's just a lot for one one day. Yeah. Oh, no, anyway. I totally. <laughs> so, I totally, totally get it. So, fill us in on your things so um 
at, in usual fashion, I know I said I'd do better, and mm-hmm. I will. It just won't be this week. Uh, maybe next week. Okay. Actually, next week. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end. But um, so in my mad dash to find something to talk about, I found um, an article on 27 disturbingly unexplained mysteries and murders that just don't add up. Cool. We're and both so, of course, mm-hmm. yeah. I had to click on it. Of course. I mean, come on. With that title, you have to click on this. So this was written, uh, well, this was put together, I'm going to say, because I have read some of them, and we're not going to go through all 27 of these, but we're, we are going to do some juicy ones. Okay. Um, but this was put together by Juliet Lenka, and I feel like these are stories from, like, Reddit. Oh. Ask Reddit. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of these are f- like people stories. Uh, the very first one is the juiciest. <laughs> That's not the right word for this. <laughs> the very first one. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be prepared. Okay. I tried not to be as shocked as everybody is when, you know, we all first read it together as one. And I should have, I really should have waited and just, we all should have been surprised. And I'm, I'm really struggling to know that I have to read this again. <gasps> so we're going to start it. Does it involve toes? Worse. Dicks. This is hard to believe. I would prefer dicks. Fucking okay. hell. Okay, let's go. Okay. I'm ready. So I'm not... Oh, I, I lied. I'm just going to read it the way this is written so everybody has a full disclosure before we get into the gritty details mm-hmm. of this little short story, little long short story. Okay. A really disturbing one. This is a really disturbing one that might be solved now. Who killed Kazara Kowada? Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Okay. Polish, Polish college student. Okay. Warning. This is not for the faint of heart. I am dead serious. Do not read this before eating. That's what it says. I'm reading that word for what. So this, I'm going to call her Kata. Okay. Okay. So Kata was a Polish student and then uh, and thus, most of the information about this whole situation is in Polish, and there's not a lot of information in English, which is honestly surprising, given the details of this case. Okay? Okay. Uh, she went missing in November of 1998. Then in January, uh, on January 7th in 1999, something got caught in a tugboat's propeller, so the operator stopped and tried to untangle it. He found something he described as pale and nondescriptive with a foul smell, and he couldn't tell what it was. Then he noticed an ear. He didn't find her body. He found her skin. It had been neatly cut off from her body around the thighs and neck, missing her arms and face, though still included her left ear. Investigators determined it had been in the river for two or three weeks by that point and that it had been prepared to be worn like a suit. 
The rest of her body was never found, aside from a leg found floating near a dam. One of the most horrifying and disturbing cases I've ever heard. And the little name is Cannibalistic Capel that posted this. I just put it together. It was him. Cannibalistic Capel. I don't think so, but that's a weird fucking name, though. Uh, so that's how this starts. Uh-huh. Okay, yep. so skinned. From the thighs. So basically they skinned her from the thighs. They did her whole torso, not the arms, the neck, and somehow there was an ear attached. But I don't know, maybe like the neck and it came up to the ear. I, I don't, I don't know. Thank God there are no pictures. Well, okay. it's been, if it had been floating in the river one, too, it's probably, it might have been chopped by a couple of propellers or eaten by fishies. It does not say that there's any evidence of that. Yeah, no, it didn't really go into detail. It just said that he found some pale fouls. Oh, there was plenty of detail there. Saying. No, I get that, you brat. I'm saying, like... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm sure that they were able to, like, if they can give you that much detail that it was the thigh, it's missing the arms. Like, are we talking about the thigh, like, it above the knee? So it was, it was like a... Yes. Like a... Okay. Like a... Yeah, okay. Like, you could wear, like, pants? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Someone else's skin. And a leg. Where? And a random leg. That was found near dam. But that's it. That's it. How they? Oh, I guess DNA. Ew. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, yummy. Like, what happened to the rest of her body? Oh, there's so many questions. There are some. This I don't like this story because there's too many questions <laughs> and not enough answers. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we're going to move on to Chris Bonneau. Can we have he was a pro- one second real quick? When you said 98, okay. I was like, that wasn't that long ago, girl. Yeah. Trust me, I go through this on the daily. It was like over, what, 24 years ago? Yeah, like what? Yeah. Okay, anyway. Okay. Uh, what's his face? <laughs> Chris Bonneau. Uh, is a pro wrestler who murdered his wife and children in their home before committing suicide. Mm -hmm. 14 hours before this was discovered, a Wikipedia article, which we all know, I love Wikipedia, even though I know probably most of it's switched. Anyways, noted that he would be replaced by another wrestler in a match due to personal issues, including the death of his wife. The article originally read Chris was replaced by Johnny Nitro for the ECW World Championship match at Vengeance as Chris was not there due to personal issues stemming from the death of his wife, Nancy. The phrase stemming from the death of his wife, Nancy, was added at 12.01 a.m. on June 25th, whereas the... Fayette County police report discovered the bodies of Chris's family at 
2.23 p.m., 14 hours and 29 minutes after that was updated. Ooh, However, juicy. I'm telling you. However, Chris himself didn't edit the page. The police traced this edit back to Stanford, where WWE headquarters is located. Uh, there is, uh, there are other strange things to the case too, like bottles of alcohol and steroid needles littered around the scene, but no alcohol or steroids in Chris's body or that Chris had been paranoid that someone was following him in the weeks up to the murder. And he repeatedly texts one of his closest friends, his address, despite the fact he came over regularly to visit and knew where he lived in the moments up to his murder. That is weird. So they're calling it a murder-suicide, but that's suggesting that it was all murder. Yeah, I was about to say, that's kind of contradictory. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, this one's weird. Who would have murdered him? Who would have murdered him? Uh, maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe Johnny Nitro needed the world championship match money. I highly doubt it was Johnny Nitro. I don't know. Oh, it could have been a hitman hired by Johnny Nitro. <gasps> could have been. It could have, Ooh, wait, was the that the guy he was going kids. up against? No. No, Johnny Nitro replaced Chris. And Chris maybe is the one that. it was the guy that he was supposed to go up against. <gasps> was he a Russian dude? I don't know. Those Russians are tricky. Okay. All right. This one's weird. This one's weird. And I have heard this story before. And I'm thinking I may want to dig a little deeper into this because I think this is a very interesting story. But here's something to just get you hooked. So it's about twins. It's called the Silent Twins. Two twins. They only spoke to each other in their own language that they created. They also tried to kill each other on the occasion, which siblings do. However, I feel like this is taken literally. Yep. Not going to say. Yep. Uh, They were actually committed uh, where they both eventually decided in order to live a normal life, one of them would have to die. They can't live in harmony together on this planet. One of them has to go. So they had a conversation and decided which one of them should die. And then she did. Of heart failure, inflammation of the heart to be exact. How that happened? I have no idea. Poison. The other one went to live a perfectly normal life. Which is not so much an unsolved mystery as it is what the fuck is all of this. Hmm. So, inflammation of the heart. I mean, and it doesn't say how long after they decided one of them should die that she had inflammation of the heart and died. Like, these bitches have been fighting in the womb since in the womb. So, like, clearly, twin, twinly rivalry. I'm going to see if she was poisoned. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mercury. But they were committed. How'd they get Mercury? Were they both still committed at the time of death? Yeah. And what year was this? Like, I don't know. Doesn't say. 
Just break open a fucking thermometer, boom. Nah, touche. All right. <clears throat> this next. one is another. Sh- huh? I said next. Oh. oh, okay. So this one is a Brandon Swanson. Thank you, Brandon Swanson, for having a normal name that I can pronounce. <clears throat> in 2008, a teenager in Minnesota was driving to a friend's party when he crashed into a ditch. He called his dad to come pick him up, but his dad was unable to find him. Despite being a longtime resident of the area, uh, dad still couldn't find him. Eventually, Brandon started walking and described what he saw as a city up the road that he was heading to. Abruptly, Brandon cussed and his phone went silent. The car was later found to be abandoned in a ditch, as he had described, but no city could have been in the area where he was walking. To this day, he is still missing with little evidence found since. So a city? He went through a wormhole. But there's no city. It had to have been. There's no city. Was he on drugs? It does not say he was on drugs. (gasps) It was aliens. It might have been. Or a wormhole. I'm going to Google this. You keep going. Okay. Uh, so here's another one. Um, it's FBI most wanted cases. Uh, some of them are fun to look at at times. Here are a few. So Jason Derrick Brown, former Mormon partier, surfer, and chill type of guy, kills a security guard, runs off, and hasn't been seen since 2005-ish, except for a sighting in 2009. That's very strange. Okay. Like, literally just went off the grid. Okay. Robert William Fisher, former Marine, kills his family and blows his house up. Hasn't been seen since 2001. Last sign of him was an abandoned car and his dog. Nobody knows if he's still out in the woods or just a pile of bones at this point. Holy fuck. That's scary. That's someone. What is with these abandoned cars? I don't know. Uh, Douglas Eugene Webb had been in, had been on the list for 26 years. You'd think he'd be all over the place, but he was really hidden by his wife and passed away in 1999 when his body was finally found in 2017. What? What? (laughs) What? 99 to 2017. Wow. Wife did a good job hiding his body. Where the fuck did Kudos she Kudos to it? her. I have no idea. Uh, not an FBI most wanted case, but John List managed to disappear after killing his family and created an entirely new identity and remarried before being caught almost 18 years later. Holy shit. Oh, but that's not an unsolved one. They solved it. They found him. Yeah, they found that one. Yeah. This one's weird. Um, so it's a story about. I wonder if this is where Casper the Friendly Ghost comes from. Casper Hauser, an anonymous teenager found wandering the streets of Newburgh in the early 19th century. He appeared out of nowhere with no family, friends, or anyone who can confirm his identity. 
He claimed to have been kept in almost total isolation for his whole life up until that point. His linguistic skills were severely limited, consistent with someone who had grown up with very little human contact. Rumors began to circulate that he was actually a German prince who had been swapped at birth with a dead baby to prevent his succession to the throne by scheming relatives. Hmm. Rather than kill him, they locked him up in complete isolation and left him there to be forgotten until somehow he was freed or managed to escape. He attracted several wealthy sponsors over the course of his short life, but none were successful at solving the mystery of his origins. He died under suspicious circumstances, stabbed by an unknown assailant five years after being found. Of course, he may have just been a deranged uh, fanatic or attention seeker. Who knows? Hmm. It's almost like a mix of things. It's like Anastasia slash Man in the Iron Mask slash Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah. Casper died of sickness. He was very sick. That is true. Yeah. That is very true. We can get rid of that. I feel, did you do the Sauter Children? I don't think so. Okay. To summarize, a fire starts in the solder house, and the no, parents you of... did. I did this? You did that one. I did this one. Four of the nine children get out of there, and then five of them were never seen again? Yep. Okay, we're going to move on then. Yeah. Uh, I'm skipping a couple of these, because some of them I might come back to later. Okay. Uh, you know what? We're going to do this one. <clears throat> okay, this is the murder of Tara Rada. This is the most mysterious murder cases in the history of Israel. This, uh, Tara was a 13-year-old. Okay. In December of 2006, 13-year-old Tara Rada, 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 reportedly decided to skip the last period of school that day. She stayed outside in the schoolyard with friends for a while before going back to the high school building to get a drink of water. She was last seen by several students going up the staircase leading to the mid-floor of the 10th grade classes. Later that afternoon, when she failed to return home, her mother contacted the police and the search throughout the town began. Later that evening, around 7 p.m., she was found murdered in a locked stall in the girls' bathroom. Her throat slit twice and multiple additional cuts to her face, torso, and hands. Oh, she, well, she fought back. Yeah. Uh, according to news reports from the evening of the murder, the police initial estimate was that teens from the school were involved and was abandoned soon after. On the night of the murder, police detained a homeless person as a suspect. Three days later, Police detained a school gardener as well. Both were released two days later due to the fact they weren't near or at the school on the day and their alibis were confirmed. On December 11th, police detained and interrogated Roman, not even going to try the last name. Um, On December 19th, two weeks after the murder, police announced in a press conference during primetime television On the 8 p.m. evening news that Roman is held as the most likely suspect 
and had admitted to and reenacted the murder. A day later, his attorney informed that he had recanted his confession. Sounds to me like these poor cops can't catch a break. No. So the motive for the murder, as initially stated by the police, was insults hurled at Raymond. Right. Roman? Because Roman. Roman. Mm -hmm. After he didn't. Uh, denied Tara's request for a cigarette. Both her family and friends, however, stated that she didn't smoke and she couldn't even stand the smell of cigarettes, so that story was clearly not correct. Uh Uh, They also stated that rude behavior and cursing were very uncharacteristic of her. That that motive was dropped. Police later claimed that the motive was sexual abuse. I don't feel like I'm not reading. Police later claim that the motive was sexual abuse Roman suffered by female classmates when he was an eight-year-old in the Ukraine, which caused a rage fit after he suffered continuous pestering by the school students during his work, but that could not be confirmed. No ulterior motive for murder was present presented by the police Roman was convicted in court and sentenced to life in prison. How did they convict him? That's weird. (laughs) Like, you had nothing. Okay. In early 2016, a four-part documentary TV series was aired in Israel called Shadow of Truth, reviewing the Tara Rada murder Roman conviction affair. It caused a major media storm, raising many doubts regarding Roman's conviction and pointing at many flaws in his investigation and trial. Okay, full disclosure, I have not seen this, and I can already find holes in this investigation. So many holes. All the holes. All the holes. They're all there. Uh, The fourth episode revealed a never-heard-before testimony of a man referred to as A.H., who told police in 2012 that his ex-girlfriend had confessed to him on the day of the murder and even showed him a knife and clothes soaked in blood. Following his testimony, his ex-girlfriend, referred to as AK, was then arrested by police and investigated under suspicion of murder. While she was on house arrest, she left her home and tried to kill someone and was subsequently sent to a psychiatric hospital without being further interrogated about her involvement in the Rita case. How are you going to let somebody just go to a psychiatric hospital and get Okay. Along with this, uh, his own lawyer and Roman's public defender, who were also interviewed in the episode, A.H. claims that the investigation had been whitewashed. Ooh. To this day... Romans is still serving time for a murder and still pled pleading not guilty. Oh, well, yeah, that's fair. I believe him. A K A H. What's her face? Like what? A big part of the public in Israel believes he is innocent and there's a lot of pressure to reopen the case. Ooh, Netflix is going to do a documentary TV series on this. Ooh. Or maybe it's already happened. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to look that up. <sighs> that's that's sad. I hate. Come on, man. 
clearly that's crazy. All right, we're moving on. Okay. So this is the suicide of Annadale Jane Doe. A local suicide, she is known as Annadale Jane Doe. On December of 1996, under the cover of night, she walked into a small cemetery and sat up against a mausoleum overlooking the section where children were buried. She put on headphones, sipped the last of her brandy, then slipped a plastic bag over her head. What? Next to her was a small Christmas tree, a backpack, and a Minnie Mouse fanny pack. She left a note saying she was deceased by her own hand, along with two $50 bills for her cremation. Her ashes sit in the local police department to this day. No one here in D.C. metro area knows who she is. (gasps) That's so sad. is so sad Uh, all right this is gonna be my last one (laughs) (laughs) okay last one last one (laughs) this one is kind of interesting uh it's called the dancing plague of 1518 okay the Dancing Plague of 1518 was a case of dancing mania that occurred in Strasbourg in July of 1518. Around 400 people took to dancing for days without rest. Over the period of about one month, some of those affected collapsed or even died of a heart attack, stroke, or exhaustion. Historical documents, including physician notes, cathedral sermons, local and regional chronicles, and even notes issued by the Strasbourg's city council are clear that the victims danced. It is not known why these people danced, some even to their death. No, I've seen this in a movie. It's, uh, (laughs) they were possessed by the Salem sisters. Dance until you bleed. Isn't that crazy? I figured we'd we'd end on a high note. There has to be a lot of drugs involved. Maybe meth, coke. What's the one where you can just like crank? I don't know. Where you can just go for days, not eat, and just feel like you're on top of the world. And then your body fucking says, you know what? Like, this is, you're done. Done. Yep. I, I don't know. But for a month, these people decided dancing was the way to go. And this, this city you're talking about is Germany, yeah? I, I'm assuming. Let me, uh, um... Strasburg, S-T-R-A-S... S-T-R-A... A-S-B-O-U-R-G. Strasburg? It's in France. So it's European. Yeah, okay. Well, they were busting a move. All the way to the grave. All the way to their grave. Cray-cray. Super cray-cray. All right. That's all she wrote for me. Okay, Shall we tell me... our listeners what we have going on next next week? Well, like, I want to, but then I don't want to jinx it, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was supposed to be this week because of the super blood full moon majabiness that we missed because of storms, but. That's okay. We may or may not have a guest speaker. 
I'm going to say, I'm going to be positive. We're going to have a guest speaker. Okay. Because the blood moon's over, and it can't fuck with our shit anymore. I could. Well, time out. It can for the next couple of days. But by the time this comes out, it can't fuck with our shit no more. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair. So, yes, guest speaker, stay tuned. If not, uh, it'll probably be more very last-minute, interesting topics. I feel like we nailed it. Imagine dancing till you die. Well, I guess, uh, like, you went out having fun, so that's a win. There's a win there. Unless you're dancing uncontrollably and you're, like, miserable about it, but you can't stop. Maybe. No, I got nothing. It was like the start of zombies in fifteen in the fifteen hundreds. Ooh, they could have been fucking thriller zombies. Mm-hmm. Gonna dance until we fucking all die. Okay, anyway, nailed it. Thanks, nailed it. Well, that's nailed pretty it. cool though. Some of your stories are really good. I'm really invested in this Brandon kid thing though. Like it's intense. Like this article I found is really good. Oh? Yeah. It's really good. I think you might be right. I think he went into, like, some sort of alternate realm. (gasps) Like Stranger Things. He went into the Upside Down. (gasps) Anyway, uh, so we hope you guys liked this episode. Um, It was very fun. Um, Lizzie murdered her parents without a doubt but not proven um she still haunts the house today but if you're keen there's a bed and breakfast give it a go um if you're really into ouija boards i'm gonna put money that the manager has yet to get rid of it it's probably still under the couch in the center of the couch uh where the dad was murdered so enjoy that no oh uh the one of the things in the dead files is like she's staring at this vent in the ceiling right and she goes she's seeping through the vent why are you still standing in that room? <laughs> that was my first question. Like, in my mental mind. Bye! <laughs> like, if I saw something seeping through a fucking vent, and I knew it was some crazy maniac fucking spirit, my bitch ass would have gone. I would have noped straight out of that house. Like, forget the rest of the tour. Nope. Yeah, so, anyways. Nobody's wearing your skin. Ew, like, ew. It's like Silence of the Lambs, you know? Makes his chainsaw massacre. I mean, we, I, we we pretty much nailed it all in this episode. We did. A lot of murder and weirdness. Love it. I love it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, find us on all the, all the dot coms. All of them. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Except for Twitter. We're not on Twitter. And we're not on TikTok. Ain't gonna happen. Um, yeah. Unless we both just lose our fucking minds one day. Uh, we do have Facebook. Which is Insta- very possible. It, yes. Especially if we get more super blood, flower, moon things during thunderstorms. Yep. Um, yep. Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, uh, Discord. Discord. We got yeah. Discord. Yeah. We got our own, our own fancy ass website. We got an email, coffeechaoschatter at gmail.com. Send us your ideas, topics, things you want to do. If you want to be a cool guest speaker, that's fine too. Ping us wherever 
one of them, all of them, whatever makes you happy, you know? Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Merch. We got some cool new features that I can add to the uh, website, so be looking for that. It's scrolly words. It's really just, that's it. But I'm excited I can do it now, so now i got to figure out where I'm going to put it. Anyways. <clears throat> Anywho. Until next time. <clears throat> Until next time. Bye. Bye.